Hello, everybody. Welcome to another edition of the Value Line Observer with the Value Guys. I'm Val Hughes. And that'd make me Vern Value. And we are 25-year Wall Street veterans who have gone underground and taken on secret identities in order to provide our candid views, after-hours views, I might add, on a handful of stocks out of this week's Value Line Investment Survey. You've seen our faces on TV. You've seen us quoted in the news, but our bosses would never allow our unfiltered views on the air, so we change our voices, and they'll never know. Before we get to that, a couple of important caveats. That was very smoothly delivered. Thank you. I wrote it down this week. Mm -hmm. Uh, A couple caveats. This show is for entertainment purposes only, and that's not a guarantee. Even if it's only our own. And also, uh, we may have many conflicts of interest. We may own these stocks. We may not own them. I have more than a handful myself. We may have lucrative arrangements with the management teams. Uh, Call us. lawyers tell us us to say all this. And, of course, importantly, we may have no actual knowledge of any of the events we discuss here today. So I'm going to be back at the back half of the show to talk about some, again, needs, not wants. And uh, How did you find needs? Well, Oh, you're probably uh, doing medical services. Right? I've got a medical service guy. Okay. I've got a wealth manager, which it's half gone, but uh, <laughs> you still have some Hopefully, wealth in society. Yeah, that's a pretty important And need. I think once we get around this uh, populist grab for, you know, uh, money from the wealthy, um, which isn't going to pay for everything, by the way, and we can get back to business. There's some great uh, bargains right now. And finally, Cliff's Natural Resources, which has uh, got 45% of the evidently North American iron ore market. So that's I know. I need more iron ore. Well, not right now, but you will. But before we get <laughs> uh-huh. to all that, with a great deal of ado this week, I'd like to introduce a the infamous deal. and famous simultaneously Vern Value. Vern, I'm take a multi ta- I'm a multitasker. I'll do what you can. Thank you. Know. you. Sure. Thank you. I appreciate that. It was a glowing introduction. Uh, you know, every every 10 weeks I like to say I'll mark that nice. down. Yeah. Well, as I looked at uh, this week's uh, value line, I you know, didn't see actually what I thought were a lot of needs, as you put it. Uh, and there's some cyclical stuff here that I have no idea whether it's a good idea to uh, to look at it now or not, even though they have very low multiples. I guess there's just... You know, no way of knowing it. it's a multiple of what. Um, but the aerospace and defense industries in this week's issue, and I think in an environment where it looks like the state is going to, in other words, government spending is going to account for a larger share of GDP. It's a growth industry. As you were talking uh, before the show. Um, aerospace and defense, even though some people see it as a potential source of um, funds to fund other initiatives of the current administration. I think you can be selective here and continue to do very well, especially because, I, you know, I mean, face it, people have gotten complacent about the prospect for another significant terrorist attack, especially if it were to happen to Americans. Um, and boy, are you going to wish you owned some aerospace and defense uh, if something like that happens. And God forbid that it does, but I think. You well, know, even aside from that, one thing about defense, and I was looking at General Dynamics this week, which I didn't choose, but I, I was planning to do it. I looked at by. that. You know, you get a, sort of an annuity. The question is, is it going to grow a lot, shrink a little bit? But it's always going to have a share of GDP, uh, you know, into infinity, and so uh, that's I wanna, worth something. In the in the current credit environment, I want to be careful about uh, which ones I'm looking at. So there are a lot of companies here that are rather small or had large exposure to the commercial market where, um, you know, revenue passenger miles are down a lot. Uh, it looks like more capacity needs to come out. And uh, even the build schedules that Boeing and Airbus think they have today are unlikely to be met, in my opinion anyway. 
Um, it's just a question of who's going to cancel what, when, and you could have a, in a short period of time, a fairly dramatic, uh, change in picture there. So I don't know how to value that or discount that appropriately. So really wanted to focus on firms that are almost entirely government spending. And, uh, I actually, I, I looked at GD and I looked at Northrop Grumman, um, and both of them are really cheap. Uh, enterprise values for both are about four times uh, what value line expects uh, for EBITDA in 2009? I like which the is submarines. Really, really GD. cheap. That's what I go for um, over there. Well, I, the thing about uh, thing about the boat business is that um, just by canceling a single unit, one, you know, instead of buying five, hey, can we get by with four? You can save like five yeah, billion dollars. I think that's just uh, you know the stock price moving around. If you look at the annuity of that business as a percent of GDP. Uh, at these valuations, you could lose three years of earnings entirely, and if five years from now these stocks sell at twelve times, oh, it's earnings, a strong argument it's for a buy. it's a strong argument to own a basket of them. Or yeah, but okay, I I really right. just stuck with the biggest ones, and um, yeah, uh, GD Northrop Grumman they're around four times. I think Boeing is around four times as well. Uh, Raytheon was around the same kind of a number, maybe even a little bit cheaper. Um, and actually, the one that I want to own. Um, is among the most expensive, and I think with good reason. And one part of the picture here is uh, very visible growth uh, on a new program that I think, even if uh, even if it were to get cut in size, it's already been I think halved. Um, you still have a meaningful increment to uh, to revenue. I'm talking about Lockheed Martin symbol LMT. Um, Value lines price shows 59 actually closed. At 68, it closed this week at uh, just under 68 bucks. I calculated 26.4 billion dollar equity market capitalization to that um, uh, to come up with a total value of the total enterprise. I had 3.8 billion in debt, but I can subtract 2.1 billion in cash because I could take that cash and just pay off that much debt. I end up with about a 28 billion dollar enterprise value, and according to Value Line, I can expect 11 percent of 45 billion of revenue, or close to 5 billion of EBITDA, and I'm looking at a multiple under six. And I mean, in the past, in, in a, a, a healthier market, um, we've talked about stretching to 10 times EBITDA. Well, sometimes. the annuity value here, when you look at the long bond at 3 percent, I mean, remember that's 30 times earnings in effect, and then you get your principal back. Here, uh, you're paying, in effect, five times earnings, and you get principal Almost back all that of could grow in the, value. Most of these actually yield around 3.5%, on dividend, it's a, it's, which they're covering it's you know, easily with cash flow. At uh, 68 bucks, uh, Value Line's looking for, now this is off-peak, about $7.5 of free cash flow, net of capital spending. So I'm under 10 times free cash flow multiple. Like I said, about 5.6 times enterprise value over EBITDA. Um, and for this, I get the lead contractor on the F-35, which was the um, you know what they called the joint strike fighter when it was joint under strike, development. Yeah. And that's going into um, whatever they call initial production quantity production soon, this year. I don't um, know. Anyway, I don't know they, they just went from building prototypes to you know, starting up a an actual well, assembly. What about line. the F twenty two? The F twenty. They do, and they also build the F sixteen. Aren't the F twenty two is going to start being made in some uh, quantities? Uh, now, Morocco, uh, Morocco, I think, just ordered uh, wants to order like two dozen F sixteen. So even 
older platforms like that, there's still significant uh, demand for. But so America, I like the growth outlook, like the uh, profitability. It's in a sector I want to own some of. So Lockheed Martin LMT. Okay. And then what else do we have going? Well, but I've got to, uh, and then within the defense I'm space, because see, Fern, can I? I'm feeling a little sleepy today. I'll try to pick it up then. <laughs> no, no, no. I don't, I don't mean to imply that it's your doing. Uh, Lockheed, I, just, I didn't sleep well last night. Lockheed does aircraft. Uh, they make the C-130 as well. They also make Titan launch vehicles. And now that the shuttle's being retired, the Titan's going to play a bigger role, at least in the near term, in terms of putting payloads into uh, Earth orbit. Uh, they're also a big player in electronics, aeronautics, information systems. But uh, like I said before, no boats, okay? And I don't have... Um, uh, I don't have exposure to uh, potential peaking spending on conventional. Uh, Are we still rate. talking about Lockheed? Yeah, I, wow. but uh, but one of the spa- I just needed to define what the space they're in because again I like aircraft. I'm especially interested in um, unmanned aerial vehicles. The space they're in, Vern. Yeah, space. Good, good, good comedy. Uh, it's late night. Okay, oh, it's after okay. hours. What as else you, you said? Have going here? And, and this one looks interesting. We might have had a refreshment. Maybe. Um, I've never heard of this company before. I, they must have been in Value Line before. They have no rating for it because it looks like it went public, like at the very end of '06 or the very beginning of '07. It's called Aerovironment. I think is how you pronounce it. It's environment with arrow instead of the e. Huh, clever. Uh, We're looking E-N. at that in the shop. I think. And the symbol is AVAV. Stocks around twenty dollars. Uh, the PE here is fifteen, so like a seventy percent premium to market. This is with the stock at twenty down from low mid thirties. Okay, but E uh, actually hasn't kicked in yet. Actually right? peaked at uh, above forty dollars this year. No, there's there's E. But E is growing fast. Earnings was a dollar in 07, Apparently going to be a buck fifteen for O eight, uh, which was a reduced estimate. And Value Lines looking for a dollar thirty in O nine. Um, this looks like a fairly pure play on, on they, they're in the design, Remote development, and production vehicles. of unmanned aircraft yeah. systems. And then it says, and energy technology. So I don't know how much of the energy piece, but they, they the description goes on to mention five specific models of these aircraft. So this must be a fairly mature manufacturer of them. They're generating almost $250 million in revenue. It's some famous guy that is behind And there's some, uh, well, let's did. see, who owns Invent lasers. Chairman and CEO, Tim Conver. Almost yeah. looks like it could be abbreviated. Yeah, um, there's a famous guy. Officers and directors own a quarter of the company. There's apparently new programs that they're also, I mean, new products that they have coming through as well. Value Line's looking for 20% cash flow growth and 16% earnings growth. Um, equity market capitalization, that's 425 like Value Line shows. Uh, no debt, which has been a favorite theme of ours in the in the current recent environment. Uh, and they actually have $123 million of uh, cash. So this was at the end of January. So I can take that off the 425 equity, and I have about 300 million of enterprise value. And according to Value Line, they're looking for 15% of about 250 million. Um, so you're really talking about 45-ish million of EBITDA, and I've got a you know six or 6.1 multiple or something like that. Um, so maybe at the outer bounds of what would be a value. Um, uh, in the current market, but really goes to illustrate you can't just look at PE. I mean, you wouldn't buy this on a 15 PE, perhaps, 
But it's uh, in terms of the total enterprise value, taking into account that they don't have any debt. Well, you're buying a little growth there. But I think it's you're just, buying it's a, a very solid growth theme. Space. You're saving lives for less money. And, oh yeah, you uh, don't expose. I mean, an investment know, in, a, in a surveillance. Air Force pilot that. is huge. Right. Cost you save the cost. Right, of right. The pilot. So uh, there's just going to be more and more of this kind of thing. So um, anyway, take a look at AVAV. And then lastly, I actually did plunge into one of these cyclical sectors because I always want to take a look at a sector leader in carpenter technology. I believe is the leading uh, uh, has the leading market share in um, uh, manufacturing and distribution, especially distribution of stainless and other non-ferrous uh, metals to industry. Uh, Value line talks about automotive, aerospace, energy, industrial, medical, defense, and consumer products. Well, a bunch of those are probably good places to be now. Some of them are terrible right now, automotive, but. Um, I mean, surely closer to a bottom than where the next peak will be. And um, this stock hope. is this stock's at fourteen sixty. Value line's looking for revenue to be down about twenty some percent this year to a billion and a half. Thinks they can earn thirteen percent on that. I have an equity market capitalization of six hundred and forty five million. I have three hundred million of debt, but I have three hundred million of cash. Uh, the 13% of a billion and a half, you're talking about close to 200 million. So I have a 3.2 multiple. Even if value lines wait too optimistic by half, I mean, we're looking, we're using EBITDA as a uh, proxy for cash flow. If I look at the last cycle between 01 and 03, their uh, cash flow per share went down by about two thirds. Uh, if I apply the same logic to uh, the peak in 08, you know, their estimate would be. You know, two twice what it probably would be otherwise. We're still talking about a six multiple, so very cheap. I think too cheap to. You, you have to wait a while. It's yielding five percent. You're going to get paid to wait as long as they can continue to support the dividend. Do they have specialty markets or what? Well, they, they make specialty alloys, so they actually have proprietary into, products, and it's priced really like a complete commodity product. Where does their stuff product. end up, if I if I may so uh, It would be in uh, you know aircraft engines in. Uh, uh, uh -oh. institutional kitchens, in uh, <laughs> downhole uh, drilling products, uh, in, uh, in uh, medical implants. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, you know, a wide variety of stuff, but the leader in its space Good and just there, too cheap right. to ignore. And with that, what, what, I'm going what, what, what to – What do you mean with that? With that, that's the conclusion of my add? third one, two, three. Oh, my God. Okay. Okay. So I want to save a little bit of time at the end, of course. All right. So well, we let's can... do a, let's do a beverage break. Okay, beverage break. We need we need something here. I'm very sleepy this week. Well, you're Thanks up too. now, so try to you know. Okay. Cut through it. All right, ladies and gentlemen. Well, this is uh, values, and as I do every week, uh, I'm going to try to pick up the show, pick up the pace, and give you three solid value ideas. Why are you listening to this part of the show? Because of one reason. It's not for the entertainment. It's for three solid value ideas, and that's what I'm going to commence giving you as soon as I choose them. That was, that was quite uh, an exercise you. in self-promotion. I'm, I'm trying, well, because I'm stalling. Are you blushing? Are you blushing? I'm just trying to find my – okay, here we go. Uh, before I get into a couple things this week, I've got uh, some issues I just want to raise with the listeners. Um, and that is this whole effort by the House of Representatives – to retroactively take all the money from a certain group to the extent that tour buses are now going by their homes. These names have been paraded in public. These people have been uh, uh, vilified. And, you know, my, my question is, who's next? So if we can just go and point at people and take all their money, 
um, you know, that's not a good environment for anyone to, to, to have confidence. The other problem is the government's trying to right now encourage Wall Street types to invest in programs that can fund credit cards, student loans, first homes, things like that. The government needs Wall Street to direct their clients' money into these programs. And what's happening is when you see how they can point at a sector and take everyone's money, uh, this circular was in my office. I can tell you we will not be participating because of the fear that if you get involved with the government, uh, they're going to come and have you know put your name in the paper and take all your money. So it's really damaging. Yeah, we're working hard to get uh, out from under this. Yeah, damaging. And all the banks that took the money from the government now are going to try as hard as they can to pay it back as fast as they can so they don't have to be subjected to these, uh, you know, arcane uh, rules that are uh, self-destructive. So that's my rant for the week. That's like hauling people off to the guillotine. Well, I'm just, you know, you start to understand how uh, Salem, Massachusetts happened. Um, and I'll say that uh, it's, you know, the value guy, I'll speak for myself, uh, the, the problem was government intervention in mortgages, it led to more mortgages being purchased than should have been. It led to bankers having incentives to loan to people who weren't credit worthy. No one on Wall they Street had mandates to well, lend. Well, I to just those want people. to defend our industry. No one on Wall Street made a loan to a person who didn't have the credit to pay it back. So no loans were made by Wall Street to homeowners who didn't have income. Uh, and I can assure you, no loans were made by Wall Street without checking the documentation. And on the other hand, no Wall Street people borrowed money uh, to buy a home that they couldn't afford. Wall Street is a conduit. So there's people with money. It needs to invest in projects. And Wall Street, sad to say, is nothing more than a, you know, a marketplace where people with money meet people that need money. And yet uh, they're an easy target. And once again, they're being targeted. So that's my rant for the week. Uh, let me get to, in this crazy environment, some things that I think are enduring and have Acknowledging, some... of course, that there are probably some people that got compensated at levels they didn't deserve. Well, that's true in every industry. I'd say if you check the uh, uh, jet airplane sales department or the, uh, you know, tank... The Rolls-Royce tank sales, sales department, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Oil rig sales department or the super tanker sales department. I think that's been a lucrative yeah. area in recent uh, years. How about the liquor industry? You know, how about the garbage truck industry? You know, when you start going down these roads where you find a lot of things being sold, someone in there, the salespeople, are making a lot of money. That's how America works. If you're not happy with that, move to a different country. It's been that way for 300 years. So uh, the fact that people are just discovering this, it's how the country works. The salespeople make a lot of money. And that's true in every industry. That's why we're the most powerful nation on yeah, Earth. Yeah, it attracts the best talent on Earth to the system in the hope of making money. And there's a lot of energy being expended just for the hope. And so, you, so many of the world's best and brightest want to work here that they've also passed legislation restricting how many of them it's can. It's really crazy. So, anyway, uh, we don't usually rant on the show. Oh, maybe I do. Uh, but three good ideas this week. There needs not once. And you deliver three great ideas every week. I do. And now I'm running out of time you to are. do so. But first up, Cliffs Natural Resources. This is on page 583. Cliffs has a 45% market share in North American iron ore. The thesis on this one is there's an oligopoly and they're in it. And they have 45%. Now, the stock has been crushed from 122 peak in 08. It's $14 today. Uh, at that valuation, the enterprise value... I guess everybody has enough iron ore. 
the valuation is $1.9 billion in terms of all the stock and all the debt, and Value Line's estimate for EBITDA is $850 million. That's two and a half mm. times. If I do the inverse, that's a 20, what is it, a, uh, it's between, it's 40% return yeah, 40% on my investment. Return. And that is compelling relative to a Treasury. Even, as I was saying earlier, if you miss three years of earnings, they're just not there because of what? Because of the losses that aren't showing up in this income statement. Is your balance sheet sturdy? Um, if you get back to even a you know decent multiple three or four years from now, this is a layup. They've got um, 23% debt to cap. Their coverage is very high. They've got, uh, you know, relative to their total capital structure, not a lot of debt, and it's offset mostly by cash. They put up an operating margin pretty consistently in the 20s. That's, to me, a reflective of their market position. And they do a consistent, you know, well, it's no, it's volatile, but uh, 40% to last year 6%, next year 14% return on capital. So they're always Is there profitable. a lot of CapEx? And they, uh, they earn a decent uh, return on equity. Uh, CapEx, uh, next year there's going to be five twenty a share in free in gross cash flow, a buck ninety five a share in capital spending, ah. and it looks like the depreciation is uh, a little bit higher than the CapEx right now. So they're Excellent. sitting on a ton of ore. They're just going to wait for the pricing to come back and the demand to come back. Steel is still, you know, in terms of strength to price to weight, is still, of course, a building material of choice. And the most consistent predictor of steel use is population growth. And, of course, we're in a recession, so it's going to be off, uh, you know, its traditional trajectory. But that's going to return over the next couple of years. People like structures. That's something I have observed over the 5,000 years of building. I like and mine. we think that will be continuing. So uh, Cleveland Cliffs, take a look. Six times earnings, you know, two and a half times cash flow, and certainly enough cash and flexibility financially to weather the storm. That's page 583. Next up, another stalwart of industry during these difficult times, Northern Trust, ticker NTRS, uh, page 622, and I do like to give out the page numbers. Show off. Um, my theme on this is that while there's somewhat less wealth in the world today, it still needs to be managed. And if you have a friend that did something stupid with their money, uh, that explains why. These guys are in the business of personally allocating the fortunes of the richest people in the world. You know, they are estimated to have a meaningful share of the Forbes 400 wealthy families. They manage, according to Value Line, $750 billion, and their average client has $400 million. So these guys are managing the cream of the cream of the wealthy people in America and in the world, and that's some type of annuity. And when I look at their balance sheet, they've got a book value of 32 bucks a share. We know they've been subject to all the mark-to-market rules, and that's trying to be a fair market value right now. The stock's at 54. When I look at this asset management business as an annuity, those assets aren't in the book value, ladies and gentlemen. So I look at $750 billion. I'm going to round that to 800 since I don't have a calculator. And let's say they earn 50 basis points on that, which could be a low-ball estimate. That'd be $4 billion in revenue. And those businesses tend to have enormous margins because of the economies of scale. Let's say they bring out $3 billion in incremental cash flow to Northern and also drive a lot of their other businesses like custodial and things like that. $3 billion times, pick a multiple, five, that's $15 billion. Five times revenue? Well, I'm trying to get to, a, let's say, a gross income, a, a contribution margin for them. And, you know, I don't know exactly what it would be. But let's say a 60% margin, maybe there's $2 billion in cash flow, 
uh, times 5, 10 billion. There's 223 million shares. So, um, you know, that could be $50 a share. The book value is 30. So that gets me to 70, 80, stock at 54. And uh, I think their market share during these turbulent times is apt to grow, not only because some of their important competitors are, you know, under siege, but also a lot of guys are, are going out of business who you haven't heard of, and those people will migrate to stronger brands. So um, the business, you know, is in decent shape. They are taking a hit on all their businesses related to assets, since assets are down everywhere. Um, but um, I think that their market share will endure this kind of multiple on book Looks pretty attractive. Northern Trust ticker NTRS. I like that one. I could, I guess I could talk a little more about it. There was a insider buy last year. Uh, they're not really involved much in this subprime business. They weren't big investors in mortgages. Yeah, but they took TARP money, didn't they? They, you know, everybody was forced to take TARP money. I'll bet Northern Trust will be one of the first, first ones to pay, to pay it, back. it back because they don't need it, and they certainly don't want to have these salary caps forcing their best people to go work for non-TARP banks, which is what's going to happen. I like and it. in fact, that's one reason we own a couple non-TARP banks in the shop because they're stealing the best talent from the TARP banks. It's insanity. Anyway. Uh, Last up this week, Needs Not Wants, Lab Corp of America, ticker More labs. LH, page <laughs> 638. Well, here's what they do. They do they do testing for all kinds of medical conditions. Their bread and butter is drug testing, screening for jobs in different uh, fields. But they also do testing in labs to screen out some of the you know diseases you don't want, like the various cancers and heart disease. What do you mean screen disease. them out? Uh, let's say in your family you have a, uh, you know, tendency toward a certain condition. Rather than, you know, wait and see if you catch it, they can screen it to determine whether you need to go on a medicine, and that's a much cheaper yeah, path. Yeah, but they're, they're selling equipment, right? No, they sell tests. Oh, they, they sell, sell the, the actual tests. tests. They sell oh. the tests. Um, and they have very low-cost centers where your primary care can, physician might send you or if you have certain symptoms and you want them checked out before they just go in for the surgery they're going to uh, have some testing so it's just a, basically a play on scale uh well of a it's, need. it's it's not so much scale because there is a lot of labor involved but they're going to take a little piece it's an ROI play for healthcare it's healthcare gaining share of gdp and it's this being a high return on investment purchase for insurance companies that want to keep healthcare costs in check Rather than do a lot of expensive procedures, hoping you find the people that are sick, you do these tests, and then you can direct uh, people to the, you know, to the, to the, uh, you know, remedies as the probability requires that. They've had a little bit of a hit because job growth drives some of their basic tests, so that's showing some, you know, near-term slowdowns. But they've got a long history of mid to upper teens returns on capital, mid twenties returns on equity. Uh, they do take excess cash and put it into share buybacks. On a multiple basis, this is higher than I like to pay. Uh, it's six times enterprise value to EBITDA, which I'll look at the inverse of that as a 16% cash on investment return. And then I'm going to get some type of growth that uh, Value Line predicts at 8%, which seems reasonable. I've got a low 20s percent return. This is in a world of 3% treasuries, and this looks pretty solid simply because of the theme of demographics and healthcare gaining share. Uh, they have almost no debt on a coverage basis, 16 times covered. Uh, it's 38% debt to cap, but as we've talked in the past, when you have a high operating margin, your debt to cap is going to look way worse than your coverage, and that's the case here. Uh, they have a insider buy last fall. 
And uh, right so, is now, this your favorite idea? Uh, I think Cleveland Cliffs is just because that is a, it over a there. no-brainer. <laughs> in my opinion, they have a monopoly nearly. The, but the Lab Corp's a, a good solid name to have in any sort of uh, portfolio. So. Uh, I like that one a lot, but Cleveland Cliffs my favorite this week. All of mine, you know, I didn't talk about ROI, but all of mine have at least uh, low teens return on capital with a track record, including, this, for that, including this unmanned stock, AVA. Bye, everyone. We'll see you next week.